On this episode of The Chris Kanye Show, we talk to a diehard political guru about the Democratic debate as it's happening. But get this, he's not watching, so he has no idea what is being said, but he does have some pretty good predictions and potential strategies for these candidates. Aaron Rezzo doing his thing. Make sure you check him out on Spotify. That song's called Gasoline. Thank you so much to Aaron for letting us use his track on the show. Uh, One of the only podcasts around that uses official music from an official artist without having to pay for it. So thanks, Aaron. Welcome to the Chris Kanye Show. Uh, Just right now, as I'm recording this, um, the Democratic debate is happening. It's happening on ABC. It's happening right behind me. And I was going to talk about a lot of stuff tonight. I was going to talk about um, vaping. Uh, I was going to talk about something random like vacations or, or weddings or something. But why not talk about what's happening right this very second, which is the Democratic debate on ABC. And I have one friend who I know is uh, very involved in politics uh, he's been involved in uh, campaigns. He's uh, volunteered for uh, certain candidates. And right now he's out of state. His name is Ryan Dueling and is with me right now. What's up, Ryan? How's it going? I'm actually at a concert in South Carolina right now. You're at a concert in South Carolina. Um, and you, are you following along the debate on Twitter? I'm just like looking at random updates. Okay. All right. Now, I don't know that much about politics. I could barely have a conversation. I could obviously have a conversation, um, you know, talking about issues and how, and opinions and stuff like that, but ins and outs of politics. Um, I would think that something like this debate would be almost like a a, a big event for someone who's as involved in politics as you are. Correct. So, um, did you, did you have any expectations coming into watching this? So, Expectations of getting all of the um, the main Democratic candidates on stage. Um, I would assume, obviously, all of them to bring their A game and try to differentiate from each other. Because with a field this wide, with a field this like diverse, in terms of just just general perspective, general like kind of levels of policy ranging from moderate to you know more liberal and, and like like a Bernie or a Elizabeth Warren a little bit more. Um, you know, borderline on like democratic socialists, I would expect them to kind of try to stand out from one another, you know, and I, and I expect them to try to like, kind of like bring something home to like someone like me or someone who is kind of a part of this, not a part of the system, so to speak, but someone who, who understands how this works. I would expect them to try to diversify from like appealing to someone like me to appealing to the masses. So there's nothing specific that I would expect, but what I would expect is is them to try to become a standout and kind of launch an individual platform that would resonate across across the board uh, to bring people back into the fold. You know what's interesting probably- is is that uh, I'm I'm a casual. You know, I'm watching it casually, not knowing. You know, besides the gigantic names, I'm not really knowing. Uh, you know, going into it, I don't really know who's who and who stands for what. And I'm very, very casual, borderline ignorant when it comes to the people that are uh, debating tonight. And I'm, I'm talking to you who's so into it that if you weren't doing whatever you're doing tonight, you would probably be glued to the TV, dissecting every other word. Uh, right. So it's really funny to talk to you, um, having watching a couple minutes of it, 
while you haven't watched any of it. You've only been following along on social media. Right. Um, yeah. It seems there's a, there's a big, and I don't want to get you all riled up because you're doing anything but politics right now, which maybe for a person like you who's so involved, I can't imagine it's, not, <laughs> it's a stress-free habit or lifestyle or whatever you want to call it. Um, I, uh, did you expect a lot of mention of the current president of, of Trump during this debate? Do you think that when it, he is mentioned, it's almost like uh, a buffer period or some kind of way to stall uh, or deflect from a certain question. How, how do you feel about the Democrats in, during this debate mentioning Trump as much as they do? And again, you don't know anything about the amount that he's been mentioned. Right. But uh, so, just going into this, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think there's a positive and there's a negative to that, because number one, uh, the goal across the board is to kind of distance themselves um, I, th- I think actually somebody like, and this isn't about tonight, obviously, because I don't know exactly what they're talking about other than, like you mentioned, social media mentions. Um, but someone like, uh, who is, uh, I feel like he's well known, but he's not trending and polling very well, like Pete Buttigieg, who's an interesting candidate um, for many reasons. Um, but, you know, he has said, I'm not going to make a habit of calling out the president. He goes, we need to just do more than be the, you know, the party of no or the party of anti Trump. So I, I think that the, the the overall message of going after going after him and mentioning him as much as they probably are, as you're kind of indicating, it can be good and it can be bad. The thing is, is that it's not going to if someone is a Trump supporter or Trump sympathetic and they're kind of on the fence, they're not going to be pulled back into the Democratic polls just by lashing out at the president. So. It's kind of a catch twenty two sure. in the sense that you can you can go after him all you want, but are you really going to pull more people in? Are you really going to regain any respect from you know the disenfranchised voter who might have voted for Trump or might not have, but might kind of just think that it's a good way to go? Um, I I don't think that just being totally totally viscerally anti Trump is going to help any of the Democrats. I understand why they're there, but if you're really anti-Trump, you're already anti-Trump. Nothing that this man does on a daily basis is is going to, you know, be be emboldened by Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or Pete Buttigieg or, or any of our candidates just by calling him out. They're already angry, so they don't. I don't think they need to focus on it. I think what they really, really need to be doing is is separating themselves from not only that just visceral anti-Trump rhetoric but also from the people that they're standing next to and competing against. So mm-hmm. if they really want to to stand out, they have to do more than just say, I'm against President Trump. Now, um, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask you this uh, in two, two parts slash two versions. Okay. If you're going into this as a nobody, right? Nobody really knows you. You're not Biden. You're not Bernie. You know, not any of the top half of people that are on this stage. Um what do you what are you really focusing on? How are you getting those people? Because again, you're not going to go and get the the the, the Trump diehards or the Republican diehards, however you want to phrase it. You're not going to get them, right? How are you going to get the people that are on the fence, getting towards the fence, stuff like that, as a as a nobody? And I'm going to come back to this and ask you okay. how you're going to get them as uh, a fan favorite, as somebody who's well known, like a Bernie or a Biden. But let's start with the nobody gotcha. approach first. Okay, so how I think, and, and it's interesting that you're, you're saying this because a lot of people ask me this as, as someone who has an interest and in, has been a part of the process. 
people ask me all the time, like, who's your candidate? I'm like, well, I know who the top, you know, the, the top people are, and I know who's interesting. I was like, I'm not going to tell you because I don't know. And the thing that I find interesting is someone like um, a guy that no one really ever heard of, a guy named Andrew Yang. He's an entrepreneur. Uh, he's an Asian-American. He is not someone who's been involved in politics, much like Donald Trump was before. But he also, unlike Donald Trump, he is someone that didn't engage in, in um, I'll call it like sweeping conversations. Because, you know, when President Obama was in office, Donald Trump made no bones about creating the birther thing, right? Like he, he had his opinions, mm-hmm. he, he expressed them. That kind of was his his entrance into politics was was his widespread criticisms that became a part of the national conversation and the national fabric, which you know then became part of the people um, who became his supporters. And this guy Andrew Yang, interesting guy. Obviously, he's he's he looks different and has a different background than a lot of people who have. Uh, run for president on either side. But he has this idea about essentially creating a universal, not so much a universal basic income, but basically saying every adult American through the means of um, large technological companies who have taken jobs from people or have used automation, which is, you know, is something that's just going to happen and it's not the fault of anybody other than advancement. Um, he's saying, hey, like, what? These companies should be paying back to the American public, and was talking about a, a yes, was talking about paying the United States um, adult population one thousand dollars a month as a freedom tax initiative. Something like that is something that's going to make people listen and, and make people like whether whether it's whether it's going to work or not. It's mm-hmm. a quite a sensational idea, and if he if he is basically like creates this this landscape to discuss those issues, but I'll come again, uh, then he can have somebody else pay attention to his ideas. That's not going to happen if you're just towing the Democratic Party line or how the party line's been in the past with President Obama, mm-hmm. with you know Vice President Biden. If, you, if you're coming up with something that's going to create conversation and it's going to get attention of the media, that's going to be a great way for a lesser-known candidate or a fringe candidate to come out and, and really stand out against some of their opponents. All right, and now if you're, I know you probably have to go. I hear some people in the background, but if um, no, you're good. if you're somebody who's well known, are you walking on eggshells, just saying kind of like the bullet points, not going too deep into detail, or are you trying to really uh, gain uh, a little bit of a lead here by saying something quote unquote outrageous or or, or brave or whatever? So. Uh, I'm, I'm glad actually you asked that because I had a difference of opinion on this when Hillary Clinton was running and when President Obama was running. You know, President Obama needed to pick a candidate who, or as a running mate, who was um, not going to screw up and, and was going to be beloved. Like Joe Biden, you know, Joe Biden as a front runner now he has a different kind of position. He has a lot of gaps. Um, he says, says things that are questioned, and we're back to kind of a media like situation like we were in the late 20s and the early 30s with sensationalism and yellow journalism where the the, the biggest story is the most outrageous story and because that's what sells headlines mm-hmm. so as a front runner um you know the big names you know you got you got the old the old guard uh but also the independent kind of old guard you know bernie biden warren you know they're they're I think for them, um, obviously Joe Biden is, is still the front runner and he's 
and he's taken a lot of heat uh, because of some of the things he says or doesn't say. Being outlandish for someone like him doesn't make a lot of sense. For someone like him, it makes the most sense to have and work with and partner with someone who's up and coming, who can be kind of that bridge between the old Democrats and the young and the new Democrats and, and, and the moderates and the a little bit more, a little bit further to the left, but not so far to the left as someone like Bernie Sanders. So I, I think it's, again, it's, it's kind of a catch. Um, you don't want to be outlandish if you're a front runner. Mm-hmm. You don't want to upset the natural order if you're a front runner but you've got to find a way to still set yourself apart from the rest of the field. It's all strategy. I mean, it's 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 all strategy. Every sentence, every headline, every blurb, everything. Now, I'll get you yeah. out on this one because um, Bernie Sanders was recently on the Joe Rogan Experience, which is a podcast, which, you know, yeah. as far as I know, I know it's on, you know, the iHeartMedia app and stuff like that, but it's not, a, it's not radio. It's not traditional media is what I'm trying to say. If you right. had to pick... Don't give me a political answer. Don't give me best of both worlds. Don't give me a, it depends. If you had to pick, if you're a candidate, whether you're a front runner or somebody who's not even known uh, by the masses yet, what is most important? The traditional media route and tour, or do you go with the more up and coming uh, media like podcasts, like YouTube channels, stuff like that? I think if you want to reach the most, the quickest, you go the traditional route i think if you really? want to be i think well but but let me let me let me chime in on that but i think that if you want to make a difference and if you want to actually have gravity and actually go to people who actually pay attention to certain to, to the issues and and what's changing you go the podcast the youtube channel route because we can all turn on msnbc we can all turn on cnn and, and fox and notice i said those three I didn't say ABC, CBS, and NBC, which is what we, you know, in general, if we're looking at news, we should be looking at news agencies that don't have a bias. That doesn't happen anymore. We're all, we can always access all those things. I think that going to the, the podcast, going to the YouTube channel, uh, going to the not major entities. Yeah, the non-traditional is, stuff. Exactly. Is where, is where the direction is going and where it should be starting to be focused because, you you know you you know that you're extending an audience beyond the people and and, and the traditional aspects of of the media entity. And and I and I think that's that's where we all need to be going in general. Mm-hmm. And I think it's where we will end up be going. Very interesting. Thanks for being the last minute correspondent. I mean, for, for people who don't know, which is everyone besides me and Ryan right now, Ryan and I, is I just texted him like three minutes ago before this whole recording and this, this show started and he was happy to, uh, where are you right now, by the way? So I'm in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, Chris, and, and while I'm visiting two of my best friends from, from Rochester, from good old Churchill Chile, and um, me and my buddy uh, were at a bare naked lady tootie in the blowfish concert <laughs> as uh, and, and, and while, when you texted me, we, it was the intermission between the two. Oh, come on. And in the past five minutes, the, um, Hootie just took the stage. Okay. So, well, it's way so, more important. No, no, you're good. It's We're way, good. No, no, but no. I'm, I'm glad you asked me. To, I'm glad you asked me to join for, for, a, for at least a momentary, uh, you know, brief time there. So it was great. No, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, uh, I only want to be with you whenever we talk about politics. <laughs> Hey, right. Thank you so much. Enjoy know. the concert. Um, we'll get you on in person, uh, you know, as we get closer and closer to, uh, you know, the, the more important debates and, and, of course, the elections and stuff like that. Appreciate it, man. Sounds great, man. Absolutely. See ya. Thanks for having me. Yep. Bye. There goes Ryan Dooling, uh, last minute 
correspondent. Uh, <laughs> correspondent such a big word for this pesky little show. Uh, yeah, we wanted to get something on that we haven't done in the last couple episodes, and politics is definitely not my forte. So again, that was, of course, one-sided. So don't get the wrong idea that that we're only going to cover stuff like that because, of course, we're going to get both sides on. This was a last-minute show. Hopefully you go into the weekend, if you're listening to this the day that this came out, either fired up, angry, pissed off, or happy that uh, we're diving into politics and excited to hear Monday's show. But either way, appreciate your time for the last few minutes. Thank you so much for supporting the show so early on while so many people do not. Believe me, and we'll get into that one day. Subscribe, like, share, and uh, tell a friend this weekend uh, that you listen to The Chris Kanye Show. Have a good one.